from the Cervera Newsroom in sunny Miami, welcome to the Miami Real Estate Podcast, your home for expert insight on all things Miami real estate. I'm your host, Omar DeWitt. Let's get started. Hi, and welcome back to the Miami Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Omar DeWint, Communications Executive here at Severa Real Estate. Today, we have a special guest joining us for the show. That is Miami-Dade County Mayor Daniela Levine-Cava. Mayor Levine-Cava was elected Miami-Dade County's first ever woman mayor in November 2020. She enters the mayor's office following a 40-year career as a relentless advocate for South Florida families in public service and elected leadership. As Miami-Dade County's mayor, she oversees a metropolitan government with more than 28,000 employees, serving nearly 3 million residents, managing an annual budget of approximately $9 billion. Today, she's going to spend uh, some of her important time chatting with us about some of the all-important issues affecting this major metropolitan city and the residents that inhabit it. So with that said, Mayor Levine Cava, welcome to the show. It's a great pleasure. Thank you for having me. Hi, nice seeing you again. Thank you so much for joining us today and for being at the summit. People were so excited to have you there and uh, be able to listen to your vision and thank you for your service. So it's wonderful that you're here with us again today. You have a great company and you have a great market and I'm very excited. Thank you. Excellent. Well, we know that you're an extremely busy lady, so we'll get right into it. Uh, Mayor Levine Kava, thank you so much for making the time again to come back when we were initially planning to get together. Uh, this was in the middle of summer, and uh, unfortunately, the tragic events, the Surfside building collapse uh, took place. Um, if we could, uh, just to begin, maybe set the stage for us on sort of your reflections, where we are now, and sort of what are the big issues moving forward with that regard? So unimaginable. Uh, clearly, we never expect a building in the United States of America to fall down. And this tragic event dominated first and foremost by trying to save lives. Fortunately, there were survivors from the intact part of the building and uh, one young man saved from the rubble. And the rest, it was recovery and getting closure to families, and that took a month. So really an excruciating month filled with great heroism. Now we're not only working on helping the families of the victims and the survivors get back their belongings that have been recovered, and that's a very difficult process, but also helping to prepare what happens on the site and also a memorial, how to have a suitable memorial. And I will say that the memorial that grew up from a young man named Leo from the beginning uh, is being archived by History Miami, and then working in conjunction with Surfside, there'll be a determination where to put that beautiful memorial wall that was contributed to by so many. The uh, judge in the case of uh, the collapse, Judge Postman, and his receiver are working around the clock to bring value to the families and uh, the survivors. And of course, we now know this uh, site has been put on the market, and we will see who is able to purchase it. And hopefully there'll be space for a suitable memorial as well. Obviously that's a big concern to everybody who took part. 
Absolutely. And, and Alicia, the, the mayor mentions uh, the site being up for sale. Uh, you've been very vocal in the press regarding um, one possible potential exit strategy for uh, residents that find themselves in a similar position, a building that's that's getting a bit older, plus, in the 30-year-plus mark, and that's um, condo termination. Right. Could you maybe speak to that? And I know you had a question for the mayor on that regard. Well, I think that condo termination is a, sometimes the wisest and best financial exit for many owners who are in buildings that that um, are troubled, are older, um, have major maintenance uh, repairs required, and that it, that it's a it's a good plan. It's a great plan for the owners, and it's a great plan for the city um, because it gives them an exit strategy, and it gives us an opportunity to create something with uh, higher density because the buildings can go taller. And as our mayor was saying, we have to go vertical. That is our future. So in those sites, we can go vertical and we can go higher. People can um, can move on to, to somewhere else or stay there in the, um, to the extent that they want to stay in that location and can afford to. So I think that to, to make those condo terminations easier would be a good path. So I'd love to hear what the mayor thinks about that and, in fact, uh, what she thinks about the sale of the property and maintaining the density where there's a, some discussion about that now. So we're looking at all different options because we know that it has been difficult for many of these older buildings to have the proper maintenance, that the owners have maybe not been able or willing to put up the funds. Maybe the condominium associations have not uh, been transparent about the needs. There's a whole host of, of issues having to do with the stewardship of the buildings as well as the cost. So uh, we have convened starting yesterday a discussion group of local, state, and federal electeds to look together at changes. And in addition to what you're saying, condo termination, there's also helping people to finance the necessary repairs for those who uh, you know, are concerned they really do not have access to the funds, uh, emergency funds, looking at some state uh, sources of funding for some of it. So there are a range of things that people are, are looking at. Clearly, not making the repairs is not an acceptable solution. So mm -hmm. we also are looking at what, is, what should be required. Maybe the recertification period should be shorter. Maybe it should be shorter for buildings in vulnerable locations like on the ocean. Uh, maybe we need to have higher credentialed uh, reviews uh, for, for buildings, uh, that it be a structural engineer. Currently, it could be an architect, maybe someone who has less knowledge about the, the actual materials. Uh, perhaps uh, it could be uh, posted on a public website so that everybody would have easy access to that information. Or as soon as there was any concern, there would be a public notice requirement. So there's a range of solutions that are being explored and I'm very happy that we were able to bring people together so that we can not reinvent the wheel and not work at cross purposes, but come up with some really good solutions. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm confident that in the same way that in the wake of Andrew, uh, we came up with some great solutions for our building code, et cetera, that uh, this will happen again. And and I also know that a lot of great solutions are in place already, but it's for buildings that have been built more recently. So I think that those buildings are in great shape and they've had a lot of those checks and balances in place. So that I think that needs to be addressed separately from these older buildings, but also make sure that for the newer buildings moving forward, then these things kick in as well. Yes, I agree. 
And so, Mayor, um, shifting gears here, I know that sustainable growth is one of the big pillars that your your um, your um, governance is is looking to address. So, could you tell us with Miami as a city already pre-COVID was looking at, I think, upwards of 800, 900 new residents a day. Um, Post-COVID, we're looking with the influx of migrants from Silicon Valley, California, Chicago, New York, Wall Street, what have you. It's even more, it's a happening place to be, but that means uh, the question again, your question of how do we achieve sustainable growth becomes all the more important. So could you share some thoughts on that and sort of what are the key pillars there? Sure. And I, I recently heard some of the figures about out migration and in migration. So we definitely do have people leaving, but we have many more people coming. So, and I think we can all tell that uh, by the traffic. The traffic is definitely returned with a vengeance. And uh, I know we're going to be talking transportation. We need to have uh, good options there. But as far as sustainable, smart development, we definitely need to build up. We are uh, not the Miami-Dade County of uh, 20 years ago, uh, for sure. Uh, we need to have more density, but we also need to build in a way that while we're taking advantage of uh, people who are coming flocking here for the weather and for the global uh, cultural dynamism here, uh, the beaches, et cetera, we have to also be able to provide for our workforce. You know, we're not a sustainable economy if our workers cannot live here. Uh, and we're very constrained between the Everglades, uh, the Keys. Uh, obviously, people do live north and commute long distances, uh, but there's, there's only so much space. So we have to, in the mix of housing, make sure that we have mixed income uh, capacity. You know, whether we're building smaller units, uh, mixed income, where one subsidizes the other, uh, whether we're uh, creating transit-oriented development where uh, we don't have to have the parking spaces, that brings down the cost, uh, using different building materials. Uh, and, and then we also have to build in a way that takes into account sea level rise, climate change. Uh, so we, there, there's so many aspects of sustainable. And uh, you'll see very shortly, we'll be coming out with the... Uh, suggestions about freeboard, how high buildings should be uh, to compensate for more water flowing with storms and uh, flooding from storms. We have to prepare for all those things just as they did in the Keys and uh, we can do. And of course, pumps and, and other things that help us uh, from a mechanical perspective. So there's a lot that goes into it and uh, we wanna live here, people wanna be here and we're just going to have to come up with ways to accommodate these changes. Very well said. And so you talked about transportation. So Miami leads the ranking in many, many statistics, many areas. I think transportation, as we, we as locals know here, is maybe not one of them. But um, tell me about what can we do? What would you like to do um, in terms of making public transit uh, just more accessible and uh, connecting us, this major uh, metropolitan area that we live in? Well, mobility is a multimodal phenomenon. So we've got to have the, of course, there will be cars. I mean, at least until we get the autonomous really functioning efficiently, which not yet. So we have that traffic and we need to have what I will call choice transit, where people have a choice and they take it because it's more convenient and, uh, and reliable. 
So for example, we've got these six smart corridors that we're building out and they are moving slowly, but we have finally broken ground on the South Corridor, bus rapid transit. It will be state of the art, very rapid. Even right now for anybody who's familiar with the South, if you get on our transit way and board an express bus in Cutler Bay, you get to Dadeland in 20 minutes. Now you cannot beat that in an automobile in traffic. So then you connect to the Metro Rail and you whiz downtown and other points. Uh, so if, if it happens to be where you need to go, that's great. We need to add more corridors. East, west is going to be another bus rapid transit. We're applying for federal dollars to assist with that now. The beach corridor across the MacArthur Causeway, we're finishing the de design uh, in the next several months. The North Corridor bids have come in for what that uh, mode will be. Northeast Corridor, of course, Brightline. Uh, there's going to be competition for where the stations will be. You know, all of these are in the planning process and we expect to build them all. They won't all come at once. And then what do you do when you get out of the station? How do you get where you're going to go? There's freebie that's expanding all over a uh, little, um, uh, well, I think most people know what that is, kind of open, maybe a little roof on it, but on. My favorite is the electric scooters. I'm sorry to interrupt, <laughs> but the electric scooters are the best. <laughs> okay. We have more scooters and I'm a fan of all of those. You know, I would not restrict any bicycles. Okay. You could ride bicycles it, and more people are, uh, you know, in the pandemic, people are enjoying the recreational opportunities more. I was just doing a tour of North Miami Beach. And they were, I was riding their trolley. They have three trolley lines. They want that trolley to be able to go to the tri-rail station. It doesn't currently do that. That would be interconnectivity. So what can we do to help them with that? They are joining with Sunny, um, Sunny Isles and other municipalities. They put their little um, local transit together. So you can actually go from city to city now on free transit. So these are the kinds of things we need to build out that really create options and not to mention the ferry. So this morning I cut the ribbon on the Poseidon Ferry that's going from the Hyatt downtown to Miami Beach and has plans to expand. I'm very excited. Very exciting. I, I was not aware of that, but that is exciting. Very Miami. And congratulations for cutting that ribbon. It's been a long time coming. They've been studying that forever. And where is it arriving in, in Miami Beach? Where is it getting going to? I need to get you that information, but it is a private building that has set aside a place where the uh, where it can come up on South Beach. Okay. So it will lead to South Beach and it will connect to a couple of bus routes right there. So uh, for interconnectivity, and by the way, I'm thinking not have to park in South Beach. I'm going to park downtown. I'm going to ride the ferry and I'm going to go enjoy the amenities of South Beach. I like that. Um, Mayor Levine Kava, I know we only have a few seconds left with you. So final thoughts for our listeners and for those that are looking to come to Miami, especially businesses, what do you want them to know about why Miami and why now? We are the most dynamic place on the planet. All right. Got to agree with you there. And we have great leadership and a great population here. There you go. Okay. <laughs> All right. I think we had some connection issues. Yeah. Mayor Levine Kava, thank you so much for being here. Hopefully we'll see you on in the future and good luck with all your efforts. Thank you for your leadership too. Thanks. Bye. Bye. -bye.
From all of us here in Miami, where the future is always bright, until next time. Thank you.